Long ago, in the faraway land of ancient Greece, there was a golden age of powerful gods and extraordinary heroes. And the greatest and strongest of all these heroes was the mighty Hercules. Till I find my hero's welcome right Where I belong Welcome, Ohana, to the Disney Guys Uncensored. This is episode 114, recorded on Monday, May 24th, 2021. We host Drew, Bob, and Tim. On tonight's episode, we go the distance as we trade with Phil, fight some titans, and climb Mount Olympus as we talk everything about Hercules, the film, Disney parts, and many, many other surprises. You know what, Drew? We overpromise and underdeliver. That's what we do. Many, many surprises. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Bob. I don't even know what these surprises are going to be today. That's how surprising they are. Well, let me do some bookkeeping first before we get into our <laughs> many surprises we have in store, which uh, I, I don't know what they are. That's why they're surprises. Uh, this episode is once again sponsored by Wish Upon Magic and Etsy Storefront, specializing in stickers, keychains, Mickey ears, and quality handmade home goods, where a portion of every purchase goes to the Make-A-Wish Foundation to help spread the magic. In fact, with the help of customers and guests like you, Wish Upon Magic has donated over $12,000 to Make-A-Wish Worldwide Wildlife Fund and UNICEF since 2020. While you're over there, be sure to check out this week's featured items from the Disney Guys Uncensored. Up first is the Meg and Hercules stamp to keep with our theme of Hercules from the postage stamp collection. I own this sticker. It is fantastic. This whole series features really cool artwork and they're emblazoned priced as 23 cent stamps which is a nod to the walt disney company's founding year good on them also take a look at one of our favorite keychains while you're there the seashell mickey pearl tim iridescent acrylic charm and they spelled iridescent correctly at wish upon magic because none of this are yes tim yes so check it out it is perfect for that whimsical graduate in your life and if you mention the Disney guys uncensored in the notes section before checkout, you will receive a magical freebie. So visit, visit Wish Upon Magic, where selections change regularly. Wish Upon Magic is your place for fluffy handmade items and awesome watercolor prints that bring a splash of color to any room. Give them a follow on Instagram at Wish Upon Magic, Etsy, and their storefront at wishuponmagic.com where you can find magical new selections every week. Indeed. And make sure you mention, like Bob said, in the notes, the Disney Nights Uncensored. I did it the other day, and I got some super cool magical freebies myself uh, that, you know, usually get three or four just uh, some free random stickers. It's it's pretty cool. Um, so definitely. I also have to mention that this this amazing episode is supported by our lovely Patreons over at patreon.com slash the Disney Eyes Uncensored. You can donate as little as $2 a month to some bonus parts. But Tim, Bob, last week we opened up the world to Discord. Uh, if you don't know exactly what Discord is, I'm going to give you the, 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 the elevator speech 
Uh, it's a it's an app you can do on your your iPhone, your Android. Download the app Discord D I S C O R D um, right onto your phone, and it's amazing. You can you can go on there and you can talk to uh, myself, Tim, Bob, Jordana, uh, maybe some even special guests that we've had in the in the past may be on there as well, uh, and you can talk to them anytime. Ask them questions, just chat about life. Uh, it's it's a great place to just uh, meet up with us. And number one former guest host of this show, Jay Daly, also on there. Jay was active the other day, actually today, posting pictures. He's down in Disney right now, and he's posting some amazing pictures uh, of a wedding that is it's fantastic yeah. to see. The wedding pavilion really looks like it. Uh, it 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 did well in its time uh, time of refurbishment and not use during the the COVID. Mm. Absolutely I, beautiful. I agree. Um, so stuff like that, guys, that we don't really share with with the Ohana or Facebook or social media. There's a lot of stuff like that that's on Discord that you can see and, and, and share with us as well. We want to see your pictures when you're going down to Disney World. Well, Drew, we're not PBS. We don't thank our donors. <laughs> uh, but, guys... The other thing that I wanted to mention here, if you are on Discord, we are going to be doing something very special. Um, we're going to start doing Monday night pre-show chats. So around 7.30, 7.45, if you are a Discord member, you can do uh, kind of these pre-show chats with us where uh, it might be myself, it might be all four of us, it might be just one person. Uh, and, it, and it's really open to anybody in the Discord where you can come on and chat to us about Disney Anything, video games, sports, uh, anything like that. If you want to just talk to us about it, we're there to chat. Uh, I'm super excited. That's going to start through school Monday. projects. Do we do help on school projects on Discord we, as well? We do. We do. Sh- shout out to uh, a very, very nice email from a listener uh, asking yeah. for some. Aaliyah Newfeld, very nice young lady. I, I didn't want to just give away the name for free, but yes. Ah, Thank you very not? much, Aaliyah, for writing to us. We appreciate it. We love to see that feedback and you're listening. And if, if you're familiar with our Facebook pre-shows, we're kind of just taking that to the Discord where it's le- easier for you guys to give feedback. And even, you know, if you have a headset or a microphone on your computer, jump right in there and talk right mm. back at us. Give Drew some uh, some direct listener feedback. Yes. As I used to back in the day in the, the early right. weeks of Dizzy Guys Uncensored, I would jump on Drew's Facebook lives and talk back to him. And that's okay. I like that. Um yeah, and like I said, that's beauty. If you have you know earbuds, speakerphone, whatever the hell you want. Uh, but if you don't know how to get to this Discord that I'm talking about, guys, check out the show notes of this episode and every episode going forward. I will post a link. It's super simple. Click the link uh, as well as it's on Facebook. And that's it. Follow the instructions. And then, bam, you're in Discord and you talk to us 24-7. I want to see five people sign up this week. So if you're listening, go sign up. Uh, the last thing I want to say, guys, if you are a new listener, I know we have a lot of you guys out there, we're asking you to do one favor for us. All we're asking for. If you don't want to give us money, that's fine. But go over to Apple, iTunes, and give us a, a, a five-star rating. Maybe give us a nice written review. Give us some some words of encouragement. Uh, and let us know what's going on. We want to, we want to, you know, we want, we love seeing that stuff. And that helps us go a long way. Uh, so without further ado, we have a lot to talk about tonight. Hercules, I'm excited. I really taught these guys off a cliff to do it. They have no idea what's in, in store. I don't really know what's in store. But before that, uh, we have some news items to talk about. Tim, take us over to the Disney News Desk. Thanks, Drew. Yeah, a couple news items this week. Uh, this one I, came out of nowhere for me. I did not see this coming. Uh Grand Floridian has announced a DVC expansion. 
Uh, the project will pr- transform Big Pine Key, the uh, Building 9, at the resort into 200 more uh, resort studios. Disney officially lists these as accommodating five guests. Uh, what that means is in any of the old uh, Magic Kingdom deluxes, uh, Polynesian, Grand Floridian, uh, the the non-new DVC part of Wilderness Lodge, they convert the old hotel rooms because they're so large compared to the other Disney hotel rooms into a quote-unquote studio with a kitchenette, uh, a pull-out sofa. Obviously, they already have the queen-size bed, and then they adapt the TV stand into a like mini twin bed for a kid that usually has some kind of cool hidden Disney detailing. It's like almost like a mini Murphy bed type situation. So these do sleep five, but it's tight fit. But yeah, there's going to be grand Floridian DVC for sale estimated completion summer 22 for the first time in a long time. And if you know anything about DVC grand Floridian DVC is impossible to trade your points into and when it goes up on the resale markets, which is rare, those points are astronomically expensive, sometimes double or even triple what some of the less popular DVC resorts resell for. So if this is something you're into, you're going to have to jump on this right away. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if this is a waitlist thing where it's first offered to people who already own points at the Grand Floridian, because that's how the expansions have been done in the past. All right, moving on. Uh, we do have a 50th anniversary travel deal. For the United Kingdom and Ireland, uh, we see this every fall. Uh, some really kick killer deals, um, specifically for the UK and Ireland, and they always include free dining. The dining plan is not a thing right now, so instead they're including a dining credit of nine hundred and fifty dollars for a two week trip. Uh, this is traditionally this deal is always offered as a two week trip because there's a, a pretty common practice of people in the UK and Ireland taking a two week trip in the fall to Disney and free dining has been a way for Disney to attract people to come to the States from those countries where the flights are kind of expensive to get them to come kind of offset the cost. Now, to me, this really indicates that the dining plan is not going to be back anytime soon, because if in the fall, in the height of the 50th, They are not just offering the dining plan to their marquee European travel deal that they offer year over year and only missed last year due to the pandemic. Then I don't think we're going to have the dining plan back for everybody else to purchase because they're going to give up a lot of money, and a lot of flexibility by giving people straight dining dollars to spend as they choose rather than locking people into the very rigid confines of the dining plan. So uh, this is a great deal if you are. From the European Union, Ireland, or the UK. Uh, but I think this bodes not well for United States and global dining plan fans looking to book a vacation package with the dining plan going up. Yeah, no, the uh, dining plan is not going to be included in packages. I wouldn't say it's not coming back, though. I wouldn't say that it doesn't come back in the fall. This is a $68 credit per room, not not per person. Oh, per yeah, yeah. I understand that's significantly so, less than dining plan. But yeah. you think that they're going to be ready to re-offer the dining plan come this time? I don't think that it's as dire as you made it out to be. Well, I, I think it's just a matter of if the restaurants are I don't think it'll open, be right? free until whenever, probably two years down the road. But I think they may offer some sort of dining plan. And if this is the template for it, then I think that's what we're going to see. Mm. Could be. I think we'll see a deal like this 
kind of like the summer one free meal deal that they used to do uh, before we see dining plan again for uh, USC. And I think you're right. I don't think we'll see free dining offered as a promo for a very long time. Nothing is free, gentlemen. Nothing is That's free. That's an interesting segue, Drew. <laughs> Nothing is free. Ever. <laughs> Nothing Never. is free. In a, in, in, a, in a recurring a pro- segment that is semi-recurring and probably will be recurring more and more often, we have Magic Band Death Watch news. Uh, we, we, we'll we get a bumper for that eventually, I guess. Um, annual pass holders have started receiving emails that state Disney will no longer include Magic Bands as part of the AP experience. Disney has encouraged AP holders to use the Magic Mobile system. That's the smartphone and Apple Watch app that lets you unlock, basically do everything you do with the Magic Band with your phone or smartwatch. Uh, or feel free to purchase the Magic Band on ShopDisney.com and the Shop Disney app at... A discounted rate. So that's right, folks. You shell out all that money for a annual pass to Walt Disney World, and you don't even get a free solid colored magic band anymore. Well, let's be honest. If people are APs, AP holders, they probably already have a lot of magic bands. The the new the, the new AP buyers might, you know, I guess feel slighted by this. I don't know. But I gotta think people that have had APs for the last ten years probably are sick of the magic bands at this point i i agree bob and you see all these pictures online they're making you know garland for their oh yeah it's crazy but i guess my other question is if you have an annual pass you're probably a diehard disney fan which if you're a magic band fan you're probably buying a personalized one anyway yeah you're probably buying the ap only that come with a really cute picture of the orange bird or something maybe the hurt maybe the hercules magic band seems unlikely Um, somebody and, out and there. To your point, Bub, the only AP holders are already AP holders. They have not opened up sales of new APs uh, quite the yet. Rumor, though. rumor is it's coming this summer at some point yeah. that I, they may I, reopen. I'm sure it is, but uh, yeah. as of right now, you had to have already been an AP yep. who's either canceled your pass during the pandemic or had it expire during the pandemic and then Disney lets you rebuy. But no, no new APs right now. Uh, yeah, All right, Disneyland, moving on. Disneyland's Oops, never getting APs back, right? They get that. Uh, they keep passing. There's going to be some sort of a program. There's yeah. a lot of rumors. I don't really want to speculate on it, but uh, we have quite. They keep pushing back the announcement of when it's going to be, and people yeah. are. There's a lot of California people who are real worried about what that looks like. But that park was completely overwhelmed by annual pass holders, um, and it, it was it was totally unsustainable for the price of like two. One day tickets, you could get a Southern California pass and be there most days. And it was making it so literally non APs could not go to those parks. So I don't see it coming back in anything close to the form it was before. That's neither here nor there. We will report on the California annual pass situation as actual news and updates come out. Uh, as of right now, the updates we have on streaming day. The worst cast secret in Hollywood, Hocus Pocus 2, has been announced with the cast returning fall 2022. Man in the Arena, Tom Brady, November 2021. We already got sports docs that were announced at the last streaming day, and we haven't heard anything else about them. And now we're announcing another one. Where's our basketball documentary we were promised a year ago? I get the pandemic and all that, but I'm more excited about those than this. Uh, the Mysterious Benedict Society, which is uh, right there. 
Not familiar with this uh, at all. Is it? It I, looks awesome. Based it doesn't on look bad. Series? It looks awesome. I it guess. is based on a book series. It looks great. Drew, I, I think I was talking to you at lunch today. It was uh, looks like like a kid's version of the Umbrella Academy. Yeah. I'm, it looks yeah. looks like a lot of fun. It might suck. I don't know. But it looks like it could be a lot of fun. Those those movies are always hit or miss. I watched it's, Disney's. Um, I think it was this Disney. is a show. This is a series, series, I think. I watched something the other day. It was like almost like a Harry Potter ripoff. I don't know if that was Disney or. Is that Camp Magic? You watched that. No, Camp Magic was fantastic. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. All right. We also finally have the release date for Monsters at Work. This is going to be a big smash hit. I don't think there's anybody who's not excited for this. Um, you are not, Bob. Yeah, I'm seeing non-Disney people on it. my social media ah, who are like posted about how excited they are about this. No, it's fine. I just, yeah, it's I'm excited, fine. But I don't think I'm like. People love this character. I love I it guess. too. Yeah, I don't know. I'll watch it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my the, kids will watch it. Luca and the end of the uh, telecast for these announcements, uh, we saw some drone technology. So maybe we might see drones incorporated into the nighttime shows at the parks. I think maybe my most likely place for this would be in Epcot during Harmonious. I would not be surprised if there's drones involved. We already know that there's kites and stuff. And then we do know out on the West Coast at Disneyland, Disney owns a whole fleet of the IBM light-up drones. And they take them out, it seems, more and more often for these media things and special events. But I, I don't think we're far off from them using them uh, in a nightly show. I, I don't I'm know if it's on that I'm, one. I'm here for it. I, I, I'm hoping that they create a Death Star and then uh, blow up Galaxy's Edge. That would be sweet. More likely, they I think they the would make star. a Death Star Get and then have edge, blow the Death star. Star and blow it up. Yeah. Wait, what? You'd have the you'd have the Death Star and that would blow up. So you'd make no, the no, Death I want star them to shoot like the Millennium Falcon and like fireworks come out. We we understand what you were saying. I'm saying that I think yeah. the more likely thing is the heroes, you know, blowing uh, up the Death this Star. This guy wants to change canon. Yeah. Maybe for villains takeover, we can yeah. we can have the Death Star win a battle. Okay. <laughs> All right, and the the la uh, second to last piece of news we have is uh, from Sunday, January twenty third through Thursday, January twenty eighth of twenty twenty two. The Skyliner between Epcot International Gateway and the Riviera Resort and Caribbean Beach Resort Station will be closed for refurbishment. Uh, it's a little bit more than two years since it's been open. Just some scheduled maintenance. I love it though. I love that they're giving everybody the heads up. Yeah. I think it's a, it's it's a bit a big deal. Aside from like people's initial apprehension about the height and the speed and a lot of fears that I personally think and I I know you've expressed this sentiment as well, Bob, we're a little bit overblown. It has been a smash hit. It is the most oh, yeah. efficient, fastest yep. form of transportation in those parks. Can't it wait is, for that expansion. Yeah, I can't. I mean, <laughs> we've said it before, everywhere. It, it's getting to the point where. It's not acceptable for certain resorts to only have bus transportation, and this is the cost-effective way yep. to do convenient, fast transportation park-to-park -park at a cost that, that's sustainable. Yeah, say, say goodbye to that monorail expansion, which was never happening anyway, but this is, this is the answer to that problem. All right, and the last piece of news for tonight, if you are way too involved in Disney Twitter or Disney Facebook groups, you probably already heard about this this week and last week. The web 
That's capital W-E-B merchandise controversy, if you even want to call it that. Uh, Disney went to the Disney Parks blog and announced, in addition to the spider bot that we've already seen and you've already been able to purchase downtown Disney in California, that there was a number of cool variations of that spider bot. That's kind of the, the, the signature merchandise item for Avengers Campus, that there would also be the web shooter and its add-ons to theme to Ghost Spider, who's an original character for Avengers Campus, Spider-Man, Iron Man, and Rescue. These would be a thing that straps on your wrist and lets you shoot lights, sounds. Uh, the, the Iron Man and Rescue ones shoot air blasts. The Spider and Ghost Spider ones uh, feature projections and a ejecting and retracting web. Then Disney dropped that these would also enhance your ride experience on the Spider-Man ride over there in Avengers Campus. And people lost their minds and basically said that Disney was gating part of the ride experience behind a very expensive piece of merchandise. Uh, the base model web shooter is $35. It's like a wristband with this black box that has some lights and sounds. It's not very attractive looking. This adds the ability to shoot multi-webs on the ride. And then for an additional $30 each, you could purchase the Ghost Spider, Spider-Man, Iron Man, or Rescue add-ons. That gives you the air blasts, lights and sounds, projections, ejecting and retracting web. And the Spider-Man themed ones shoot will give you the ability to shoot electro webs on the ride where the Iron Man ones will allow you to shoot repulsor blasts on the ride. So, so just to be clear, Tim, if my son wants to be Iron Man on that ride, I have to pay $65? Correct. Thank you. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess that's what I'm saying. So this is... What do you guys think? Is this a controversy? Is this wrong that Disney is doing this? The big one I've seen now this week is everybody says, well... I don't care about this. It's one ride. It's one thing. But this just opens up a whole can of worms that I don't I don't like that we're going down. Next thing you know, there's going to be this sort of stuff for every ride. I mean, what do you guys think? Isn't Ghost Spider Spider-Gwen in the comics? I think so. I, that's my thought, but the Parks blog said this is an original character for this ride. It is, makes, a female, yeah. it is a female right. Spider-Gwen. So I was under the impression that was Spider-Gwen, and I was going to say, good on them for actually, you know, giving you the boy and girl option, because Rescue is obviously Pepper Potts' character from the MCU. So at least they were giving you the option. I hate this. I hate everything about it. I, I, Not enough to go burn things to the ground and riot and take down the Tobin. But at the end of the day, I mean... 65 i i just i'm not here for it i it's whatever i I don't know that they're necessarily micro transactioning us to death i don't know that they're paywalling an attraction but i just uh, it's a cash grab to me and i I really it it depends how many people actually buy them if they're successful if nobody buys them these will be in the disney outlet for half price in three months it's definitely a cash grab but like here's the thing uh, Disney put out this graphic, which I swear was not in the original story, that shows two pieces of contract art of the same part of the ride overlaid with each other. One of them shows a ride vehicle with people just shooting the standard webs that you shoot if you don't have any of the enhancements. And then the second one shows with the enhancements and shows that all it is is a different effect being projected on the screen from the ride vehicle 
from these things. Like, I would never buy this in a million years, but I also don't feel like my ride experience is being changed enough by buying this $65 thing that it, it changes the fundamental fabric of the ride and Disney's gating it behind anything. No, people that think that probably need to need psychiatric help and think about this way <laughs> too much. Um, but I, I just, I mean, I don't love it. I mean, it is what it is. I, it, it's, it's the same thing with the lightsabers at Savi's workshop. It's the same thing if you go to Nintendo Land and you want to get the bands and you have well, to use the those. wands at Harry Potter. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's I mean, all. This is, it, is happening here. I mean, it's happening. I mean, I, I, yeah. You know I mean, what? I like you said, the yeah. first time though that it's not atmospheric and it's specifically tied to an attraction. But is there a difference, right, Bob? And I think that's a good point. And I don't like think we said. know. They can tell you anything they want and put these fancy inlaid graphics over each other and show you it's not doing anything. But until we know the mechanics of the ride, yep. and we will know soon enough, we will know in, in two weeks' time if it really affects the attraction at all. And, and speaking of affecting the attraction, Bob, how would you feel if you've spent $65 to get yourself a real cool Ghost Spider Electro Web shooter, and then you didn't have fast enough fingers to grab your Virtual Queue line pass? You guys think they weren't going to have Virtual Queue? Right. People apparently I mean, did not think so. People lost their minds today. What when did they, they think? That, that that's here to queue. stay, too. That's happening. Any new Correct. ride they open, that is happening. That That's it. When Guardians of the Galaxy opens, guys, be prepared for that to be the case. When when Tron, Tron opens up, be prepared for that to be the case. You know what? If you think about it, you're, you're saving thousands and thousands, maybe a million of dollars not developing a line queue. How much do you take the line queue for Flight of Passage Trust? Oh, no, no. Right? They, they, still, they, they still have elaborate line queues. It's well, just... Yeah, but you may not need it as elaborate. I mean, I would definitely say Rise of the Resistance has the most elaborate line queue of any ride ever developed. And I'd it, say I'd say that's more of a hybrid, though. No, I mean that that was. Well, I guess it's not. That's pretty. That's yeah. pretty straight. I, I mean, I think it's just this is just the reality of how this works. And I understand people's apprehension, but if you get the pass, it, it's such a better experience than waiting in line because you, they, they do understand that this is basically what the paper fast pass used to be. Is you get your time, yeah, and you come back. I mean, this is just state. a this is just a fancier version of Fast Pass. Is all this is right? And I mean, I get that people are stressed out that there's the one distribution time in the morning, and then a secondary distribution time if there's spots left, and that it means that not everybody who goes to the park gets to experience the attraction, and there is a non-zero number of people who, with these big marquee attractions, want to do this, and that's their big reason for coming, and then. They might not end up doing it. So I, I get the anxiety and stuff, but unfortunately, this is the wave of the future, and it, it's the difference between Avatar Flight of Passage having a two-and-a-half to four-hour wait every single day, 365 days a year, for the first couple of years it's open, and a much more manageable experience for the employees well, and the guests. It's not for the guests. I would say that's not accurate, right? Because at least if it's a four-and-a-half-hour wait and you choose to wait in that line— you will go on the attraction. Now you're saying, sorry, you're not allowed on this attraction if you wanted to wait 12 hours. Correct. So I, I think it is a big difference in my eyes, right? I no, mean, I said a, it's a more manageable experience. Like, if you are a guest who gets one, it is certainly a better experience for you. But for the thousands yeah. of people that don't, that would have jumped in line and waited the three and a yeah. half to four hours. Yeah. You know, yeah. Too shade of them. Too shade of them. Right. 
I don't <laughs> think there's an attraction on this planet not built or built that I would wait more than two hours for. Yeah, I say two hours is a limit for me. That's the max. And that's when by myself or with Megan. Like if the yes. kids are there, two hours is out. Uh, an hour is too long for kids. Well, it depends what the queue is. If it's uh, Snow White, they don't mind. They have those mine, the, the, the gem mining games. Winnie the Pooh. They get the little. They oh, do. Winnie the Pooh. That, that's, that's a queue for kids. That's never going to be an hour. Even, even Peter Pan's flight. Does some Nowadays, nice things with the queue. Yeah, the new queue. The only nice thing I'll ever say about Peter Pan's flight. Yes. <laughs> and the show, folks. Rename it Peter Pan. All uh, right. Well, that is all the news that's fit to print this week. And we are going to distance onto Hercules. All right, folks, Hercules, it is. You know, the other day I was driving in the car, I think I was listening to Disney hits on uh, Sirius Radio, and I think Go the Distance comes on. I was like, you know what, Epiphany time, I want to do a Hercules episode. And there was a reason at the time, I was like, oh, yeah, we did do this and that. And and now I don't remember any of those things. So uh, we're going to have some fun here. We're going to talk about a bunch of things, right? We're going we're gonna to talk about the movie itself. We're going to kind of talk about um, the soundtrack. We're going to talk about things that we would have done differently in the movie. Uh, we're going to talk about the new live-action Hercules movies that's in the works. Yes, it is. We have a little information on that. Uh, then we're going to talk a little bit about Hercules and where he's been in the media as far as video games, um, special events, things like that. And then, folks, we have a, a halftime show of a Titan Battle Royale. And then we're going to end uh, with a bunch of Hercules in the Walt Disney World parts over the years. And let's just say it's not a ton. But uh, we'll have fun with it. So first, the movie, guys. I, I'm assuming you guys both have to rewatch the movie this week. Um, it was, it, it's, it's interesting. So I'm going to start off right from the start. Rotten Tomato gives it a 76%. Mm-hmm. I personally say... Certified fresh. Certified I say fresh. I'd say that's fair. You know, that's like a, like a C plus, maybe a B minus. Um, that that's where I would rate it. I, I, I would you say, go to school with a seventy six is a B minus. <laughs> they graded well, on a curve for Drew. <laughs> yeah, this, yes, this is in plus. Um, no, I would personally rate it like a C plus, B minus, maybe even up to a B. I, I think it's a fun movie. Uh, but what's your guys' opinion right off the bat? Here? I need to know where your head's at before we get too deep. I'd go as high as a B. I have a soft spot for this movie for whatever reason. I think. Mm-hmm. I was just at the exact right age getting marketed to for this movie. And I, I, I like it a lot. Um, I like the animation style and I like, we'll get more into that, but I, I think it's a solid movie. I think it's a little bit better than the 76, but I mean, I think that's fair. It's definitely certified fresh in my mind. That's fair. Bob. The problem for me, isn't the movie. It's what bookends the movie. Mulan comes out a year after. I think Mulan is a far superior movie. And Hunchback of Notre Dame. If Drew has a soft spot for this, for Hercules, I have a soft spot for the Hunchback for whatever reason. And I think to Tim's point, the animation style in Hunchback, Notre Dame, Cathedral itself, I just, I really have taken to the Hunchback the older I get. I will give Hercules this. It's an enjoyable watch, and not every Disney movie is an enjoyable watch. Yeah. Is it the best Disney movie ever animated? No, we're not saying it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's there. I think I would go with Tim as high as a B for this movie. Mm-hmm. 
I don't love it. I don't hate it. I like it. It's it's decent. It's it's a yeah. fun movie. And I mean, Hades is definitely one of my favorite villains of all time. So I'm kind of grading on a scale of one to her, one to Hades, and and Hades is a very good character. So agreed. And we'll get to Hades in a minute. And Bob, I think yep. you nailed it there, where you said when when Disney Animation Studio, you know, made Pocahontas. Uh, then the very next film was Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yep. And then the very next film was was Hercules, right? Yep. So, and, and they probably already had Mulan in development yeah. at that point, right? That's so this that's an impressive slate of adult style animation, right, right there. And and after the first uh, Pocahontas and Hunchback came out, there was there wasn't necessarily negative feedback, but there was a lot of feedback of this is very you know non kid friendly ish, right? Even with the addition of you know the gargoyles and, and you know and, and Miko and and Flip and and all the other characters they try to add, they said we can't do the same thing in Hercules, or else it's going to end up being a failure. So we need we need to do something. Uh, and I think that's where they went with more of the little bit of comic relief, right, in yeah. in the film. And that's the approach they went, which is interesting, right? Because Greek mythology has had had that approach um, a lot a lot over the over the years mm-hmm. and years and years, right? Um, and, and in fact, when you break down this movie, uh, I'm no Greek mythology expert by any means. But if if I remember correctly, there's, there's actually a lot of inaccuracies, right? Correct. Dis- in fact, there's yeah. so many inaccuracies that they wanted to have the premiere in Greece on one of the mountains that was the inspiration for many Greek myths. And the government of Greece, because of massive public outcries from the Greek people about how much this movie misrepresented their culture and history, they said, no, thank you, Disney. Please just have it in Hollywood. <laughs> Boy, they're going to hate my movie version then, aren't they? <laughs> well, I mean, y- y- you can't be telling little children that Zeus was down there spreading his seed through the kingdom, uh, you know. So you kind of had that to say, true. well, no, Zeus is up in heaven with his lovely wife, and they had a beautiful little baby. And the baby Mount Olympus. stolen. Mount Olympus. I mean, I think part of it is definitely there's been uh, Greek mythology has been a well that Western cinema has gone back to over and over again. And, uh, you know, the Greek people... It'd be really weird if we kept making movies over and over again about, the, yeah. you know, other religions. But for some reason, Greek mythology and Greek religion was fair game for many, many years for Hollywood. Correct. Yeah, I think I think that that's fair. You know, and I think it's funny, even with Hades, right? They 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 they, you know, paint Hades as this bad guy where, you know, even in, in again, Greek mythology, he's he's just the lord of the underworld. He accepts his position and it it is what it is. You know, he he's fine with it. Um but at this one, no, he wants, you know, he wants the revenge on his brother and, and rise up. But uh, I think we'd be remiss not to at least mention uh the cast a little bit, right? Of course James Woods, um, you know, Bob, I know you can make your please insert family guy reference trope here. No. Okay. <laughs> I will just say he he's not going to reach Disney legend status anytime no. soon. But this performance, I mean, Killed this it. is like a ninety nine out of a hundred. I mean, this is this is Robin Williams as the genie. This is a plus plus level performance. Uh, the guy may be an awful dude, but he steals the show and was the one aspect that even negative reviews of this movie just universal praise for his performance in this movie mm. as Hades. Yeah, you he's know, and like I said. Ooh, piece of candy. <laughs> Ooh, yes, there it is, Bob. Uh, I mean, Hades in general, Bob. This is who you like to identify as, as some may say. No, that is and true. Uh, 
I always found it funny as you were Hades and and Meg was kind of, he kind of owned Meg and Meg is of course your wife's I name. I don't know that we should imply that I own my wife. Well, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just uh... I, I I was about to say it if you didn't, Bob. So. <laughs> so, I figure if I didn't say that, that's not a good look for me. And believe me, we don't need help giving me bad looks with the Ohana. <laughs> Oh, that's fair. Uh, but Hades' design—I thought—I thought the just the design of the character was was amazing and fun. Yep. Uh, and again, the again the, the the comedic relief was 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 perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about his henchmen, Bob. Right? Panic and Panic pain. and pain. Love them. Love them. Um, I think they're they're perfect. I think they they were well written. Um, some of my favorite scenes uh, are with those guys. When I don't know the difference between who is what, but I think it's. Um, one of the two, but when, when they're wearing like the Hercules sandals mm-hmm. um, and it's funny because that's actually a, a reference to, I believe he calls them air hurt, like, like, mm-hmm. you know, like air Jordans air hurt uh, and their sandals. And it's a clear reference to like the Nike airlines, right? Like, like I said, mm-hmm. air Jordans or things like that, which is also funny because Nike is actually named after the Greek goddess of, you know, athletic athletic uh, triumph. So it, it, it's mm-hmm. funny to see that small little reference. Hercules actually has a ton of these little jabs throughout the film. Uh, this is definitely like we talked about earlier with with the adult concept, right? Of the adult um, themes, and you see it a lot with with the next person I want to talk about, Phil. Right? I mean, the first time we find Phil, Danny DeVito again, um, he's he's spying on the mermaids, right? Is is that when the the first scene it is, and he's he's being a creep. Being a creep, and he is oh, a creep. I mean, are you saying Danny DeVito is a creep? Uh, he might be. He could oh, be. He's a, come on, he's no, a no, no. He has a reputation as being like the most wholesome <laughs> the man in Hollywood. Guy, one of the nicest guys in the world. <laughs> uh, but what's? What, I wanted to get your guys' take uh, on on the character of Phil in this film. I mean, what what do you guys think of him? What, what do you think of Mushu in in yeah. Mulan? He's the comic relief, and he's, I mean, it's its Danny DeVito, so it's more adult-oriented. Com- yeah. Like, the, the, they're the jokes that are going to go over the kid's head, but yeah. another yeah. very good character, another great performance. I mean, I get it. I, I feel like I wanted more out of the character. Not necessarily, he's a side piece. I mean, what do you expect out of the gargoyles and hunchback? I, I, feel I mean, like I mean that's I mean, that's what they, that's what he is in this film. I guess he's, he's the raccoon is. from Pocahontas, or the hummingbird. Yeah, Miko and Flick. It could be Percy, Drew. You like Percy. How about that for a reference? Percy could be the magic carp. He could be a lot of things, right? But I, I don't know. There's something about him I just feel like. I mean, his role no, is a little a, bit he's bigger. A, he's, yeah. Correct. He's correct. a Yago. If you want to do a comparable, like, he's not on that side of the conflict, but he is, like, very much the established adult comedian playing a comedic side character in a Disney movie. It's it's a role that's been tried and true for many, many years in their movies. And I think he does it well. And I think uh, I agree. He could have been more, but a lot of what he wants to be more was probably not like was out of bounds for a kid's movie. So we're just going to overlook Eddie Murphy as, as Mushu as the first point of reference that I made. <laughs> we're going to use Iago instead of Mushu. Yeah, it works as well. Sorry. Good point. Good. 
Uh, speaking of adult gestures, do you remember the scene where he wears a lion skin? Because at the end, that's what Hercules is known as Moon. But it's actually Scar. So they, it, 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 it's kind of creepy to think that, yeah, dead Scar, somebody skinned the poor guy, and Hercules is now wearing him. Incredible. I just find it incredible that these, those two stories take place in the same time frame. <laughs> on completely different continents. Little, little did you know, it. actually, yeah. So, and so Star is somehow, older. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> the Argonauts must have brought it back for him. Uh, Bob, do you feel bad nope. for Jerkules? No, not even a little bit. Poor Jerkules, right? That's that's what uh, they call him as he's in his teen years, right? Uh, he he's a punk bitch. He doesn't know. He, he doesn't know. He's still discovering himself. What does that mean he's not a jackass? Is he a jackass or is he just clumsy? I don't know. Probably. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they definitely play that as him being clumsy. Not. Yeah. He's not a jerk. Yeah. He is. He is. I, you know, it's funny. I side with Hades. I feel like you know, in Greek mythology, if I think of Hercules, he seems like an ass, right? But it, but as in the yeah, Disney nope, character, he's not. He's a good dude. He's just a kid. He never wants really. I mean, I guess he's he becomes a little selfish. There's that scene right where they say, "Oh my God, there's kids trapped," and he's like, "Yes," you know, yeah. because he's looking for that moment to become the hero. Um, but yeah, he's never he never goes through that phase in the film where it's it's me, me, me. Yeah, that's not really true either. You talked yourself into an out of it twice. I, I'm I just did. Go. I was okay. going to let you go with that one. <sighs> On that track, Bob. Is yep. Hades misunderstood? Yeah. Also a jerk, but yes. But is he a jerk or is he just misunderstood doing his business down there? He did dealt his cards and he's trying to, you know. Well, I mean, what was his what was his point? Uh his whole plot base is revenge. I mean, so I mean it's in this context story, yes, he's a jerk. Okay, that's fair. I would say he's misunderstood in the context of this movie sort of misunderstands the Greek mythology and yes. makes him into a jerk. But he is definitely a jerk in this movie. Yes. Jerk Hades. Okay. Tim, who is your favorite Hercules character? I mean, easy Hades. Yeah. St- steals every scene he's in. Fantastically acted. Fantastically animated. Great physicality to the character. Fantastic. Hmm. Bob? Baby Pegasus. He sucks in this film. Baby Pegasus is great. Baby is. Is it a she or he? He. Baby Pegasus is adorable. I'm, I'm a he makes up. a great plushie, by the way. You have a great plushie? merchandising opportunity, baby. Her baby, oh, baby, like baby, uh, baby Pegasus. I think bad. Alex does have him actually. You did a pull. That's incredible if you have that. Yeah, well, it's for, it's a newer version of it. It was like the the big eye ones they do now. Can you take a picture of that, Pearl Uh If I remember, okay. Alex is sleeping right now. So. Well, not we have to worry now. I'll remind you. But no, I'm, Hades I'm, is clearly the the best character. No, I'm straight up Hercules fan. This is like me like loving Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Yeah, yeah, because you like yeah, Peter Pan. I, I mean, I would say the Hercules. least interesting. This, this is Hercules. worse than Peter Pan. This is Hercules could be the least interesting character in this movie. I would, I would it, go it, on the record and say Hercules could make my maybe top ten favorite Disney characters. Oh, so Bob, <laughs> just here, here's. Oh my god. So rewatching this movie, the this only way. thing I could think of in the beginning is this is like when a, a a writer gets the Superman comic and they are not used to writing Superman, so they write these really rote 
uninteresting version of Superman because he has all the powers and you have to like throw conventional problems with him at him and then he overcomes them and it's just really boring. That is the vibe that I get from Hercules. It's Superman when a writer who doesn't understand how to make Superman is interesting writes Superman comics. Yeah, I, I just I, I don't I could be the least interesting character in this movie. Like I'm a fan. I am a not fan. close by a significant yeah. margin. The the least interesting character in the movie. The fates are more interesting than they than, are. than than Hercules. That's they have some deep lore. I'm not getting into that tonight either. The fates aren't bad. I stand. The fates are not bad characters. They're fun. They're fun characters. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> they are. They are great. Actually, I do like the fates. DID is referenced several times, and I thought this was an interesting abbreviation they made. Yeah, for did. damsel in distress. Is this like a known thing in the world that I'm not aware of? What would you prefer the acronym B? I just prefer. I, I just thought the acronym in this situation was odd. No, it's just it, this was Disney being extremely self-referential. Yeah, like this was this was them. We saw Hunchback, Pocahontas, this movie, and then leading up to Mulan. This is Disney responding to the criticism of this time, saying. Look, you guys make fantastic movies with these uplifting stories, uh, really good message, everything. But you need to like modernize your view on women. So this is them because this is a much more sarcastic, sassy version of a story than Pocahontas or Hunchback was just saying, hey, look, there is no damsel in distress. You know, Meg is not actually a damsel in distress. This is them confronting their critics at this time that were numerous head on and saying, look, we're not doing it. And we're throwing it right back in your face. She's a fantastic character. Yeah. She is. She and is. I, very I like complex her complex character too, yep. for, especially for like a kid's movie. Uh, yeah, I agree. There should be more of her involved. Um, all right, let me throw some fun facts before we wrap up the film. Bob, did you know the spice girls were considered for the muses? I mean, I did. I'm not on board with it, but I did. I'm not on board with that either. Hundred percent on board with you that. Know, and wow. the irony is, yeah, the irony, believe it or not, I, I happened to catch a Spice Girls song on the radio. I either my library was on shuffle or whatever. Sure it was. And I will tell you what, a couple of those girls can straight sing. Like they're not, not they're, no they're not not talented people. They're no joke. Let me tell you, they're really not. I mean, not my bag, but they're not untalented people, the five of them. They're but really did not. Did you change the song, Bob? No, I listened to the whole thing and sang good with you. It, it was Wannabe. It's perhaps good the greatest song of 1997. Mm, good for you. Uh, Tim, did you know that Hercules and Ariel are technically first cousins once removed, if I got my math right? Because, right, what's that? So Zeus and oh, King... <laughs> no, Zeus and Poseidon are brothers. King Triton would be Poseidon's son. First cousins once removed. Mark that down. Did not know that. Was really hoping you were going to explain that because I saw that written down in the document. No idea what you could possibly talk about. That's it. That's all there is to say. Did you know my favorite Latino, Ricky Martin, voiced Hercules in the Spanish version? Yes. Well, yes, I, I did. didn't. I didn't know that, but that's a I great didn't know fact. that either. Yes, I did. You think he sang his own music? He did. It was number ten on the Latin American Billboard charts. Wow! Incredible that you knew that. I hope. I hope you didn't even research that. I hope you just knew it. 
No. Well, Michael Bolton's at number one on the adult contemporary charts. For the Alan Mankin song for the movie, correct? Correct. Yeah. The Michael Bolton single version, not the Roger Bart version, which we'll get to in a minute, is not good. But... Michael Bolton. Is that the... Oh, never mind. Um... Yes, clown that sucks. Hey, why should oh. I change my name? Yeah, how did it was fun until that ass clown started winning Grammys? I was in fourth grade. How did you know I was going there? How did I not know you were going there? That's fair. Uh, Tim, here's one for you. The muses turn into the Sinian bus. Um, the same one's pretty much from Disney's Haunted Mansion ride. Little little reference there. Um, yeah, you know what? That's it. Why go on? Why leave it at that? Um, Overall, yeah, fun film. I watched it twice, actually, believe it or not. I uh, watched it with the kids. But why don't you take us into some fun facts about the soundtrack? Because I love one of these songs. What obvious, the obvious song here is on like my go-to Disney soundtrack, if I had to make one. So, I mean, I, I hope it's Go the Distance. Yeah, of the only song on this playlist that's worth its weight, with the exception of I Won't Say I'm In Love. Which mm. is Susan Egan performs it. It is Meg's song in this movie, and it is low key one of the great princess songs of of all time. Because and like we alluded to, like Tim alluded to, it's a much better take and a much sarcastic, a much more sarcastic take on the traditional princess song. And there's one thing I'll say about Disney is they did not seem scared to kind of have a go at themselves mm-hmm. making this movie, and I'll give them that. But the soundtrack isn't great. I will say the score much better than the soundtrack. That's much fair. better than these songs on this soundtrack. The score is very well done. Um, I don't really know where they lost it. I, I don't really know. I, I don't necessarily love Roger Bart's singing voice as Hercules. It's 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 not that song. Yeah. That song needs Michael Bolton's voice or Ricky Martin in this case. Right, no, but in this instance, it needs a richer voice than what Roger Bart has. That's fair. That's a and, fair. And uh, that's, yep. that's, I think that's where I, like, for instance, we're going to reference the Hunchback again today. Uh, Tom Hulse sings Out There, and, and Tony J sings it's, mm. it's a dual song. Their voices could pull off Go the Distance. I, I just, again, it's that's a, a fair might, point. It could be a I personal think, thing. I, I just think don't and Roger Bart, incredibly talented. Broadway guy, tons of talent. The way that song is structured and written, it needs power behind it. And I, he just didn't have it on the recording. I don't know I don't know if that's how they told him to sing it or not. There, there I feel is like a, it could just be the recording. Yeah. Well, there is a reprised version of it, Bob, on the soundtrack. It is a little bit better. Um, but I will say, to your point earlier, the, the score, specifically even for this song, is fantastic and epic. Yeah. Like you said, it, it's in the way epic enough. It needs a big voice, yep. right? And yep. and and I get maybe they went when you know the song is being performed in the film. He is the teenager at the time, and he's trying to like build it up. And and I, maybe they went like that, but that's never stopped them in the no. past. I mean, they didn't they didn't cast you know somebody different to sing on Aladdin. You know they didn't. You know it. It's the same stuff. You know I I hear you. Yeah, and it doesn't make it doesn't mean it's bad. Again, yeah. traditionally I'm an untrained ear. Just from 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 my listening to music, I just and I'm I have no problem listening to the movie versions of songs in terms of how 
they present them on a soundtrack and then normally there's the love theme at the end of the at the end of it beauty and the beast is a perfect example the angela lansbury version of beauty and the beast is not a bad version of that song i prefer the people bright the people bryce and regina bell version um a whole new world i prefer the uh, leah salonga and whoever uh, brad kane i think it is mm-hmm. i prefer that version of a whole so it really just depends i think on the movie and again nothing inherently wrong with roger bart great actor and really really talented cat i just didn't love this version of this song in again I, yeah that's fair yep. my only thought on the soundtrack on the rewatches, I actually remember this being a great Disney soundtrack that was underrated. And actually, all I was remembering was how good Go the Distance is. Yep. And I won't say I'm in love is. Yep. And everything else, it just falls super flat. You you nailed it there. Because I think before I watched it, the rewatch, Bob said, ah, this, I, I told Bob and you, you know, we talked to him, Bob said, Bob, why don't you do the music? He said, all right. He goes, but the music's not that great. And the same thing in my head, Tim was like, no, I, I think the music is great. And then the same thing, when I watched it, I'm like, okay, wow, shit, Bob, Bob was right. Like, there's some good scores involved, and there's that one good song, but outside of that, it's nothing special. And, I mean, honestly, if the score was not big and epic, it would just be a, a, a huge mess, because mm. it, this is literally an epic by definition. Mm-hmm. So it, it needs that. But, I mean, this is Alan Menken, like, the greatest Disney composer of all time, and it it's good, but the man's a genius. It it, it could have been better. It, yeah. It's probably it, it's phoned in almost. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a reason why go the distance and to a lesser set. I won't say I'm in love are the only ones that you hear in like medleys and nighttime shows in the park and stuff. They, they really none of the other music from this movie is going to get featured very heavily in in mm-hmm. post referential works. Drew, I will say that the muses as a storytelling device for mm. for this film are borderline underused because the, the yeah. talent they had with those women, mm. and you would hear Agreed. it in the soundtrack. This is one thing you yeah. hear in the soundtrack, and you say, well, I could have used more of that at different points. I think if they had structured the film a little differently, and I don't know that it would have played as well because it, it, it is an animated film, so if they had structured it into three acts – the way a Greek performance would have been or a Greek tragedy would have been. And you had the muses kind of telling stories in between the acts and you kind of get that. Yeah. In a way, but it's, I I think you needed more from the muses and, and it's again, I think it just comes down to a personal preference thing on the muses. Well, I, I think with the muses too, and this being a kid's movie, it's difficult, right? To your point where the muses are limited because they're telling a story, right? Mm-hmm. And and they did to make it simple that yep. and then to make it clear, they didn't make yes. it slow. Yep. They they either do all of those things. So you are limited, no matter how talented your voices yeah, are. Correct. You you're very limited on what the direction is mm-hmm. you're trying to do there. So I, I agree, Bob. Um I, I liked I, I respect how they use them to mm-hmm. try to narrate the story. Correct. But like I you think said, we talked about it was ninety three minutes long, this movie. I mean yeah. it, it's this movie probably could have been three hours. To be correct, and ninety three is probably a tiny, tiny bit on the longer side of an animated. Usually, you're in that one twenty range, right? So, especially in, in this era, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah. eighty five to ninety. But minutes. It, so, it doesn't. It never feels long. No, nope. But hey, Mencken and, and his writing partner in, on the film, uh, David Zippel, did receive an Oscar nomination uh, for Go the Distance. They did lose to Celine Dion, that showboating Canadian wench. 
They lost to My Heart Will Go On from Titanic. You're you're dropping a lot of real real crude re- sounding references that most of our listeners I don't think are going to pick up on. There, but. <laughs> they are they are they lost to one of the greatest songs ever written. Okay, there there you go. My Heart Will Go On is a standard at every wedding, which makes no sense to me. And uh, I'll just tell you this: uh, technically, it's not Celine Dion's Grammy. Okay. That belongs to James Horner and Will Jennings or the Oscar. It does not belong to Celine Dion. It belongs no, to James Horner. J- I thought you were going with James Cameron. No, 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 no. But Michael Bolton, uh, Go the Distance, did peak at number 24 on the Hot 100s, and okay. it did reach number one in the adult contemporary. I think it was his ninth uh, or 10th or 11th number what one hit defines, on the adult contemporary. What defines adult contemporary? Michael Bolton defines adult contemporary. <laughs> yeah. Or the sax, Phil Collins. The sax, Phil Collins is adult Brian contemporary. Adams. Genesis is adult contemporary. <laughs> Brian Adams, the police. I mean, all right. And yeah, Ricky Martin reached number 10 on the Latin pop airplay charts with his Spanish version. So again, it's not an awful listen. It's just, it's not the best listen. But I would say this was a dark time for, for Disney music to begin with. Uh, until you got to Mulan, and even it's Mulan, Pocahontas. No, no. I mean, well, Pocahontas has a song that references the word "savages" two hundred and seventy-three times. We counted two and a half minutes. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Pocahontas again, just around the river bend and uh, colors of the wind. I mean, so there are dig, you know, dig, 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 boys, mine. Yeah, fine. But again, I don't know that that's more than a two-hit wonder either. It carried the movie though, but that's another topic for another day. Yeah, certainly. I'm ready for the movie grab bag, Drew. What about you? You movie love the you love these grab, grab bags. Bag. The grab bag is really defined and matured into Disney live action, right? And and really Disney Hercules. I, I want to say Hercules too, but a, as many of you may or may not know, um, they have announced that Disney is making a live action Hercules film. We know very little about it. There's a lot of rumors on the street. Uh, Bob, help me out with some names. I'm not an actor guy, but there's some talks that Hercules will be played by Michael B. Jordan is one person. That's a big fella right there, Michael B. Jordan. The kid that just won the uh, Oscar for um, Daniel. uh, He was in Get Out. He was in. Uh, oh, yep. I know who you're talking about. I don't Daniel know. Daniel Kaleu or whatever his name is. Uh, what's the other gentleman's we talked about from Black Panther as well? Yeah, same guy. No. Same guy. Oh, Michael God. B. Jordan and Daniel Kaleu yeah. were both in. You know what? Let's just say somebody from Black Panther may be playing Hercules. Michael B. Jordan is definitely big enough. If you've seen the Creed, oh, yes. he's a big dude. He'd Not height wise, but built wise, he's, he's, he's 5'11 or so. I'd be interested to see how they they go and approach this film. Do they do they follow the the, the comedy style, or they made this like a straight up good rated PG thirteen film? You know yep. what I mean? Like 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 more of a darker Hercules, like almost like kind of like parts Caribbean, like a darker side. You think they go that route, or no I way? I think the problem with Hercules is a lot of mediocre Hercules movies have come out. That's 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 fair. So. I think you got to go epic, though, in a way. You even think gotta... of the Conan movies. They're not great movies. The Robin Hood movies, much as I love them, aren't great movies. It's like, is this going to be a great movie? Probably not. Know. You know what? I think there's a lot to I agree. It, it's tough to see what they do with it. Um, of course, uh, there's been a lot of talks of people wanting Jim Carrey. 
to play Hades, which yep. I, I'm probably out on that. I think we I talked think about I'm out. it earlier. And, and we're going gonna to get to who we'd like to see. And you know, the irony is true. I love Jim Carrey. I think Jim Carrey is way more talented than people give him credit for. I mean, he's definitely sheets to the wind on pretty much every time you see him. Like, he's just gone all, all, all off the reservation, if I can even say that. But he's just – he is – completely mental and and i love jim carrey i think jim carrey's got all the talent in the world if you look at man on the moon and truman show and eternal sunshine yeah yeah, yeah inter- eternal sunshine of the spotless yeah. mind me myself and i the guy's got range i mean it's 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 just he does is, is it gonna be the riddler playing hades it, you don't know right he no i think it's gonna be dr robotnik playing hades <laughs> i actually loved his take on dr robotnik. oh yeah no no it was very good yeah. but i think that's i think that's just the jim carrey you get these days mm-hmm. in a comedic role uh, when he gets the latte in the in the van, he's doing the dance. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. It is. Uh, oh, all man. right. So what I would like to do is play a little game. Tim, join in if if you if, if you guys don't want it, you don't have to. But I wanna I wanna <laughs> go through a couple of the main characters and who do we wanna see casted in the live action Hercules. Oh boy. So let let's start out, Bob, with Hercules himself. Yeah, I'm going Aldous Hodge. Okay. He's like 30 years old. He was in The Invisible Man. He was in Straight Outta Compton. He was in Hidden Figures. He He's about 6'1". He's in peak physical condition. And when you see my cast going forward, you'll understand why I needed to cast Aldous Hodge as my Hercules. Looking at him now. I'm not good with <laughs> names, but yep, I, yeah. did, I did see he's, that. He's a really good actor. He's, he's subtle. Um, it, I will tell you of all the people that we talked about and all the roles... Hercules and Hera were the two toughest for me because of, I don't know that you ever know. With Hera, it's got to be someone that has screen presence, but it isn't in the movie a ton. And Hercules is the main point of the film, but how old is he? Is he 22? Is he 35? It, it, that depends it just, it's when, very tough. When you want to approach the, the film and the story, right? Like, like I said, um, I was about 30 years old, I think. So it just seemed like the right number for me, mm. what, how I was building the cast. Drew, I'm very interested yes. to see who you picked for your Hercules. I'm going a deep cut for Tim here. I'm going WWE superstar, folks. No, not Dwayne Rock. Dwayne the Johnson. Um, Dwayne the Johnson, universally beloved, the highest paid actor in history. Dwayne the Johnson. A few years ago, the Rock Johnson. He is not going to be Hercules. I'm talking about the challenge superstar himself, the Miz. Uh, I think uh, he can pull it off if you're going for the same approach as the 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 animation. He he can provide it, especially if you think Hercules is a jerk. Then and then the Miz is a big choice. <laughs> I just have a question on your. Then your <laughs> casting of Meg to me made no sense because one of the more talented actresses, young actresses in the world right now. We'll get there. One of probably you could argue the most talented young actress in the world right now. Well, in, the in Miz, the Miz, is, and you bring the has, Miz in as Hercules. I was blown away. The the, the Miz has range, <laughs> Tim. Who are you seeing? I also went wrestling uh, initially because I feel Hercules is like kind of a boring character who's more about his physical presence than his uh, personality. I was going to say Brian Cage, but I think actually Adam Page uh, would, would not be bad here or a Cody Rhodes. Either either of those oh, young God. men. No, out. Oh, God. Oh, Adam Page is fine. Love, love. Oh, love I'm not... Man. 
I love I, the I Hangman. No, I, I think I think Adam. I think honestly, I think Adam Page would be great here. He's already got the got the blonde hair and everything. Oh, so God. Oh, all right, let's keep this rolling. Else we'll be here all night. Let's yeah. move on to Phil. Who is uh, Hercules' sidekick there, Bob? Ricky Gervais. No doubt okay. about it. That's would, that's who it is. Would he voice this, or would this somehow be like a centaurish I ha- type? I, I did not design the film. Okay, I don't. That's know. fair. That's fair. I'm torn between Mike Myers and Kevin James. No. I think Mike Myers, if if we want to stay the more raunchy Phil. Or Kevin James, if we want to stray away from it. That's my pick. Tim? Patton Oswald. And the, the advantage of Patton Oswald is it, you don't have the CGI. You just put some prosthetics on. He's a little guy. Just like a, a little man. A little very I funny like, man. I like DeVito. I mean, I would probably have DeVito back, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> do that no, in no, the, and DeVito would probably do it in a second. So. Yeah. He could just play a, a, like a human. Or a Pesci would have been fun. Pesci. Pesci would have been fun. But where are you going with uh, Meg? Janelle Monet. Love Janelle Monet. She's a singer-actor. She's also in Hidden Figures. Um, super, super talented. And I am keeping somewhat, some of the music. Even though I just bagged it for ten minutes, I am taking some of the music, and I think that she would do a great version of "I Won't Say That I'm in Love." And I, I just, I love Janelle Monet. I, I have a bunch of her albums. I, I just, I adore the work she does. She's super talented. Hmm. That's fair. I'm going with who is hot in the business right now. She is. Anya Taylor Joy. Yeah, she's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I mean, she just hosted Saturday Night Live. She's she she she's everywhere. She, Which makes like no said. sense of why you want the Miz opposite her. But the Miz is if anybody can move. carry the Miz to a good film, I guess it would be her. <laughs> Maybe I'm questioning my decision, Tim. I'm gonna go with Natalie Portman. She's got the acting yeah. chops, and I think she could definitely play to the role of the original Meg. And if you've seen any of the screens of her. From the filming of Thor, her Thor portrayal seems to very much be in this vein. Hmm. Well, I'm never going to say no to Natalie Portman. Nope, She's same one here. Of my top three. So that's <laughs> yep. Um, Hades, Bob, big one. Oh wait, no wait. Did I skip somebody? Yes, I skipped, skipped a few. Zeus and Hera. All right, let's throw Zeus. Zeus, easy. Idris Elba. It's not even close, which again goes back to my casting of Aldous Hodge as as my Hercules. Uh, yes, but but Idris Elba just as Hemdeal, uh, whatever, as the new James Bond, if that really is going to be the case, I think really he's, I didn't know. Yeah, that. I know that he's got the gravitas for that role. It's not a huge, huge role, and I, I think he'd be great in it. Hmm. I'm going George Clooney. Sophisticated. I, I love I love Clooney. I can't be you mad. Can't be, I, I, I love. Clooney. I feel like you'd be a little sarcastic. I'm just, just. I'm seeing these names you're throwing out here and keep going back to the Miz as Hercules, and I'm like, I don't know what the hell he's thinking. <laughs> uh, Tim. Honestly, I gotta agree with Bob. I I could not see it be anybody but Idris Elba. He, he is he'd a good pitch. Yeah, he's a great pitch. I'm not gonna lie. Just uh, the way he carries himself. I just yeah, feel I mean, like he would just. He's kind of becoming the new go-to guy for these sorts of roles that in Hollywood. Role. The yep. fatherly type, like... Which is weird. He's only yeah. like 48 years old. It's not like he's an old man. I mean, he needs to do this for a long time. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's keep this train moving. 
the beautiful wife of Zeus Bob Hera. Who are I you can think of nobody more global superstar. And I really wanted to put Gal Gadot in this role, just so we're clear. I but way too young for this. Charlize Theron is the answer. I I love Charlize Theron. Again, what is lo- she from? Everything. Well, she was in the new Fast and Furious movies, but she's done uh, Eon Flux, which was not which a terrible yeah, reference that's for this. Terrible reference. Um, but I know you're talking wasn't about. She, now. Wasn't she the person in the other Thor movie? Um, I'm not good with uh, actors. No, no, that was. Uh, Oh, All God. right, this this does not make for compelling no. radio. No, Charlie right. Theron. She's been in. Let's see. She's been in that thing you do. She was. That was years ago. No, Nineteen ninety-six. Fifteen years. Um, she was in Atomic Blonde, which was really well done. Really cool movie. She's just super worldly. She won an Oscar for um, North Country, where she gained a ton of weight, got real ugly, and was in like the coal mines. No, no. I did. It's just that's what they did. She's just tons of range. Love her. Uh, I'm going with Annalita Jolie. That was my pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She fits it. She's perfect. There. She looks great in Eternals, by the way. Also, Drew, yes. Charlie's Theron, big role, critically acclaimed, and also a huge movie, Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's Mad on Max my radar. That's like the biggest film. one currently filming the sequel to that. They are. Have never oh. seen Mad Max Fury Road? No. Oh, that's a good one. It's a good one. You, you got to watch it twice, the black and white cut and the colored cut. Oh, yeah. okay. Masterpiece of cinematography, film school type movie. All right, here's the big one. Hades. Bob? Yeah, I, I so Hades was tough for me because James Woods' portrayal was very good, but I'm obviously not putting James Woods in this movie. I don't know if you guys have seen a developing theme in terms of talent i'm bringing to the hercules franchise i'm going with academy one we're in mahashara ali uh he is great he was in moonlight he was in green book um i loved him in green book with with vigo mortensen i was crushed i couldn't fit vigo mortensen into this movie but mahashara ali um i'm in i love him as hades and he's gonna play blade in the new uh marvel movie whenever that comes out and so he'll be hmm big enough and he's also again he's like 49 years old i think you need to have people that skew towards out of their 20s and 30s for some of these roles hmm. uh, i brought dan Aykroyd. that's definitely oh, that's, skewing that's a, that's out of the 20s and 30s yeah <laughs> yeah that's it tim yeah. nick cage come on if you've seen any of oh, the like bad. good stuff he's making now color out of space mandy the like quote unquote unhinged Nick Cage stuff, yeah. he is perfect for this role. I think, all, I think I'm making a different movie than you guys are. Y- you definitely are. Yes, <laughs> you definitely are going for an Oscar win. I think I'm uh, making think a different movie here. We're having a little bit of fun. Um, pain and panic. Let's do these together. Bob? Sure. Yeah, I'm Michael Che and, and Ronnie Chang. I I just Ronnie Chang's energy and the way his stand-up goes when he's talking about his mother and helping her try to set how to delete a comment from YouTube <laughs> from Australia when she's in Hong Kong or Singapore. It's fantastic. And Michael Che, I think he works for pain, if only because he's definitely more low-key. And pain is the, the purplish little round imp version. He's not the taller of the two. So probably... I don't know if Michael Che has the energy, but I, I'm taking a risk with Michael Che. Hmm. 
Um, I'm going Ben Stiller and Steve Martin. <laughs> we are skewing real. <laughs> I thought I was about to get called out for mine, but I guess not. Uh, who do you got, Tim? So this is a little out of left field, but I would go Eric Wareheim and Tim Heidecker from Ter- Tim and Eric. Okay. I think they would be fantastic. I, I mean, Tim, I think Tim and Eric are two of the funniest dudes, like currently writing stuff um, in Hollywood right now. And they could do a real, real good version of this. Or if you want a more conventional pick, get the band back together and do Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Mm, I thought about those. Yeah, that that. So my first thought was Key and Peele. From, but then I realized they were already Duck and Bunny. Right. Ooh, so perfect. I thought that was kind of like, eh, you know. But Jordan Peele and Keegan-Michael Kay are, are God bless them, <laughs> two great talents that I, I think need more more, more time mm. in the sun. Um, yeah, I'm going to save the, the muses for last, but, <laughs> but um, I did want to open it up if uh, actually really quick, let's do the fates. I'm just going to okay. lay it out there. Meryl Streep's playing all three of them somehow. She's going to work her magic, so, and she's playing all three fates. It is funny, Drew, because I was doing this today. I added the fates late, and I was going to go for a Meryl Streep, Judy Dench, and insert okay. another classic, maybe Glenn Close type thing. Three classic actresses. And I looked at my list and said, I've got to get younger somewhere, so let's flip the fates on their head. No, let's flip the fates on their Pull heads. Some so, deep hocus pocus shit right there. So, so Eva Green is going to play Atropos, the inflexible. So she's going to be like the leader of the three. And I'm going to have Millie Bobby Brown and Natalie Adair, both from Stranger Things, as like the younger sisters to Eva Green's character and kind of have it. Very similar to Hocus Pocus, Drew. That's kind of what's the inspiration here with, with Bette Midler and, and Sarah Jessica Parker and Kathy Najimy. Uh, but, but I really toy with like a Helen Mirren, Glenn Close, Judy Dench, Meryl Streep type set, too. I did think of that. That's an excellent pick. Oh, that's good. Tim, any insight here? I would go Kate Winslet, Glenn Close, and I don't know who my third would be. I, I guess we could go with like a more established comedic person like Bette Midler or something. Huh. Okay. That's good. Hey, she's going to be doing work for Disney anyway for Hocus Pocus 2. What the hell? Yeah. Might as well double yeah. tip. Throw her Especially in since you, you know, this is a minor role. We get a couple, one day, you know. Yep. One day shot. Uh, before I open up the floodgates to Bub on the Muses, because he had a field day, <laughs> does anybody want to add a a hidden gem character? For example, what I would be doing here is I would personally be adding Achilles to this film, where it would be some type of, he would be probably the villain. I'm picturing him as the villain in this film, uh, since it's like maybe a remake or Hercules 2, and that's playing by no other than my fan favorite, Zac Efron. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I think he has a little bit of range himself, and I want to see him play a villain. So Brad Pitt didn't do it for you in Troy? Oh, he oh he did it all right. But uh, different times, my friend. Is there a more disappointing movie than, than Wolfgang Stop Peterson's it. Troy? I loved that film. Yeah, that, I didn't it, say I didn't like it. I'm just I'm disappointed. I mean, it's, No, it was everything I could imagine and more. Just a big, expensive flop. Yeah. yeah. Nope. nope. I've watched that movie. Well, so, Drew, I actually chose to go with Hermes. Okay. I feel like a little bit bigger role. 
it's an underdeveloped, like, he's the messenger of the gods. He's kind of an important linchpin to a lot of Greek mythology for what he does. Yep. I'm going with David Diggs, and he plays Lafayette in Hamilton. He's also in a couple of, like, um, like underground rap groups. He also was part of the Free Love Supreme show with Chris Jackson and Lumen Miranda as well, uh, kind of towards the end. I, I, I just think his energy for that role would be exquisite. I think it'd be a lot of fun having him in that role, bouncing around between the gods and delivering messages. And if you've seen Hamilton, if you heard Hamilton in the second act, he does play Thomas Jefferson and his rapping and his words per minute output, I think just brings something a little bit different than what I've done with the rest of the cast. Okay. I, I like that. That should be interesting and fun. Tim, any uh, special deaths here or hidden characters? Uh, I'd really think this through. I guess I would just try to sneak, uh, you know, your girl in there someplace. Uh, Anna Kendrick? Yeah, Anna Kendrick. <laughs> <you> could, <laughs> I, just, boy. I, I wanted to, to pick her for one of the female characters. I just had a better choice for everything going well, forward. So a, There's not a ton of female, really, main roles either. I mean, no, 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 just as one of the gods in the pantheon. We could just do the gods yeah. in the pantheon as just like a you know, a cameo like dream seed. You know, we got mm. we get her, we get Ryan Gosling, we get Zach Efron in there. We just get get all sorts of people. Yeah, why not? I'm in for that. These are very expensive movies, by the way. <laughs> yeah. For our casting alone. These Never are very mind the production movies. of these yeah. big CGI fighting titans. But movies. you don't need writers, so you know, yeah. you save money. Sure. Uh Tim, I am defaulting all of the recasting <laughs> of the muses to Bob. <laughs> Uh, Bob, I asked you to kindly go through these at a pace that we could we could all comprehend. Can I just give uh, mine real quick? What's that? Can I just give mine real quick before Bob sure. gets it? It's yep. the Spice Girls. We're, 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 <laughs> it seems look. fair. It seems fair. I'm going to be they, fair. They've been making some waves, doing some interviews over in Britain. Definitely seems like there's a chance that there, there could be some. Uh, you <laughs> I'd, know. I'd go to the reunion tour. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'll be blunt. I was going with BTS, and then I realized they really don't speak that much English. And if they're trying to tell a story, it's going to be difficult. So I, uh, I just went with Bob's Pits. <laughs> all right, well, I did, I did, I did decide that we needed to bring all nine muses back right. instead of just the five, because in Greek mythology there are nine muses. They all have different. They're all muses of different things. I'm bringing back Mary J. Blige, and please are with me here on this one. Mary J. Blige, she's Calliope. She's the muse of epic poetry. Jennifer Hudson is the muse of sacred poetry. Uh, that is uh, polyhymnia. Lizzo is going to be Arato, the muse of love poetry and lyric poetry. If you're not listening to Lizzo, you're missing out. That woman is talented beyond belief. She really, really is. I'm going with, with her. It's H-E-R. She's the muse of flutes and music, uh, Euterpe. She is one of the great talents in music right now. If you're not listening to her, you're missing out. The muse of dance, is there anybody other than Shakira? Maybe Jennifer Lopez, I guess. But Shakira is the muse of dance. Pink is the muse of history. And I just needed to get Pink onto this movie. Pink is so talented. I love Pink. Um, we're going with Ariana Grande as the muse of astronomy. And it's only because a lot of chatter out there is that people want her to play meg in the live action remake uh, so again super talented girl I feel like that's a downgrade i don't think yeah i mean it's a, <laughs> she's a super talented girl she really is then i'm going halsey for the muse of tragedy and i think if you that that's just makes sense to a lot of people and then aquafina 
the muse of comedy and pastoral poetry. And they're all going to kind of play into each other. There'll be two or three of them here. There'll be, I think it's just, it's a lot of fun and it just brings together a ton of talented people uh, to get onto this movie. And again, this is a very expensive movie for me to produce just on casting alone. Well, that that means that was fun. I would say we should we should give a plot, but I don't know if any of us went that deep, so we're gonna move on. Um, that's pretty much wraps up the movie and the soundtrack and the future. What we wanted to do is quickly. I'm gonna run through, guys. If stop me if you have any comments, but I'm gonna do this quick. I'm gonna run through uh, appearances of Hercules uh, and and other characters in the series, pretty much in all media over the years. Um, so if you didn't know. They followed up the Hercules film with an animated series, which is on Disney Plus. Uh, came out in 1998. Two seasons that are 65 episodes. Good for them. Uh, and it actually had a lot of the original original cla- uh, cast. James Wood was was in it as Hercules. Uh, what's his name was in? I'm sorry, as Hades. What's his name was in it from uh, as Hercules? Uh, Roger Bart. Roger Bart. And Zeus, I believe, was not the same. Uh, but this was this was a great show. I actually watched about four or five episodes this weekend with my kids, and they, they you know they it kept their interest. But this takes place during Hercules is uh, years, as he was a teenager, one would say, and um, yeah, he he's fighting many of the different you know monsters from that time, such as you know more of the Hydras, the Cyclops, the Medusas. Uh, they actually had the uh, Inchid- how do you say this the the Echidna the the monsters of all Echidna, monsters Echidna Echidna there you go Tim you have it. Uh, they got Kathy Lee to to to, to voice it uh, Typhon was was voiced by Regis they have uh, Cerberus is the, who the three headed dog so they, they brought back a lot of the Greek mythology monsters and you know in each episode Hercules would would have to go do something to fight these but it, it, it's a good show it's fun it's it's really not that bad uh, like I said it is on Disney Plus. Uh, Hercules is, of course, in the Kingdom of Hearts video game series. Tim, I think he plays a decent role, or, or really the character yeah, from Hercules. The, he's a major part of all the mainline games, 1, 2, and 3, plus many, many of the not mainline games. I'm not even going to venture a guess at what the confusing name and timeline mm-hmm. of. And it, it kind of surprises me, since this is not at nearly as beloved as many, many of the uh, Disney animated classics are, but... Uh, it kind of makes sense because the whole point of those games is you are becoming a hero who has to gain the strength to save the world, and Hercules is there to guide you on your journey to gain your powers, kind of following in his footsteps, sort of thing. Okay, very cool. Uh, I mean, speaking of video games, Hades is not make uh, it makes a bunch of appearances, but I think in Kingdom of Hearts, as well as Bob's favorite mobile game of all time, Disney Arena. Uh, he can be played in that one. And Emoji Blitz. I mean, there he's in a yeah. lot of... And, and so is Hercules, actually. Hercules yep. is in a ton of those as well. Uh, and then Descendants 3, right? Played by the... Yeah, the, Cheyenne Jackson. Cheyenne Let me tell Jackson. you something. That's the best version of Hades I've ever seen. Mm. Fact. Bank it. Yep. It, it's, um, he does an amazing job. He has, uh, I think we played some of his music or, or music have, from, uh, have, on the yeah. show before. Uh, Villainous, my favorite... Uh, board game of, of all time, uh, Witcher to the Core expansion. Uh, I love playing as Hercules. Uh, you have to essentially capture the Titans and, and use them. It uh, get them to Mount Olympus. It's it's really cool. Uh, that's his uh, objective. Several appearances in the shorts of House of Mouse, uh, as mm-hmm. well as House of Villains. And then again, like I said, in Kingdom of Hearts. Now, Meg is also in a few things. She uh, makes the appearance in the Disney show Once Upon a Time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
played by who? Casey Casey Roll. Roll. Yeah, yep. she's just you know a television actress, decent in that as well. Decent hmm. character in there. Um, and Bates also Kingdom Hearts and the House of Mouse as yep. well. Um, and of course, I'm sure there's many other things we've missed, but those are the ones we wanted to spotlight. Um, so we are moving on, folks, to my favorite, my most excited feature of this episode, the Titan Battle Royale. You are, uh, if you are even a little bit familiar with the Disney Dies Uncensored, you know we love doing Battle Royales. Uh, this one is going to be a fairly short one, as we're really only talking about five of the, the Titans. And this is just going to be fun. So, so Tim, Bob, I hope you're ready. I'm going to introduce the five contestants, and then I'm going to break down the matches for us. It's going to be uh, it's going to be Twitch. So, Lithos is the Earth Titan. He is a two-headed monster made entirely out of um, boulders. He rips through the gates of Mount Olympus and is a physical manifestation of Earth. He essentially is a Earth golem, uh, rock golem. Uh, Hydros is the water titan. He's kind of like a skeletal monster made entirely out of ice. He is also a physical manifestation of water. Uh, in the movie, again, he blows a lot of ice and, and freezes. Uh, works with the lava guy that I'm about to talk about and freezes Zeus. Pyros is the fire titan. He's pretty much a living blob-like monster entirely made out of lava, almost like a volcano in a way. Uh, and he's a physical manifestation of fire. Stratos is the air titan. He's a living storm-like monster. He's a tornado-like beast with arms, red eyes, and a red mouth. And he was captured by Hercules and used to suck up other titans and destroy them. Um, physical manifestation of air. Uh, and then last is like a, a titan hybrid, Cyclops. And we all know the famous Cyclops, the, uh, the one-eyed monster. This one, uh, specifically to the film, uh, sent by Hades to defeat Hercules, but he fails. And he's a physical manifestation of unknown elements. Um, but yeah, the Cyclops. So we have a playing game, folks, since we have the five. So we're going to start off with Tim. The first playing game is Cyclops versus the Air Titan, uh, the Tornado Beast, Stratos. Who do you have in this battle? I mean, it's got to be Cyclops, right? He's the much more famous one. He's the manifestation of a unknown element. Uh, and, and, and the other guy is wind. You know. Well, that's all right. Bob? It's got to be Stratos. Whoa. He just blow him off a cliff. I mean, if Hercules can trip the Cyclops off the cliff, why can't Stratos blow him off the cliff? That's fair. Guys are going to leave this one to me. Um, well, I'm going to assume they're not near any cliffs. And uh, I, I kind of agree with Tim. I'm going with Cyclops because in the film, Cyclops is a lot bigger than what I remember a Cyclops of. And if I'm going by the film, I'm going with Cyclops. Right. So that's it. We're right to round one. We're going to continue with this. It's going to be Cyclops versus the Earth Titan Lithros. Lith- Lithos? Lithos. He is the, the, the rock golem. Bob, we're going to lead you off. Who do you got here? Yeah, I hate Cyclops, so Lithos. <laughs> Tim? I'm still going Cyclops. I mean, these are all the children of gods and, in fact, of the most powerful gods and yeah, I asked. Cyclops is the most famous and powerful of them, so we'll we'll stick with Cyclops. I disagree, Tim. I'm going he, with the wrong. He model. literally dies of being tripped over wires. <laughs> Go with Lithos. Yeah, but by by a cunning god himself, Hercules. True. Uh, all right, next match here we have Pyros, the Fire Titan versus 
Hydros, the water titan. What wins votes? Fire or water. Now, it's interesting because in the film here, uh, we see Pyros, you know, throwing a lot of lava, but Hydros just kind of, you know, blowing the ice on it and, and making it rock. Um, so who wins here in the battle? I guess it's definitely my turn to lead this one off. Um, I'm doing Pyros. I just feel like fire to me always would defeat water or, or ice, but maybe not. You do understand what firefighters do, right? I mean, this isn't yeah. starting at 451. But if you just keep pounding it, I feel like it's going to build up under the water and it's going to like make rock, 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 rock. It's come out of yeah, the no, water. Yeah, no, that's fine. Hey, that's, that's okay. Pyros. Got it. Pyros is my vote. Tim? Yeah, this one, it's, it's Hydros. <laughs> Straightforward. I'm, it I'm is not Hydros as well. I, on it's it. Hydros. You guys are wrong on this one. All right. It depends who you ask, Drew. It depends who you ask, Bob. The championship match of the Titan Battle Royale. Lythros versus Hydros. Bob, the honor is yours. I got to tell you, this is the best battle we've had. You know, <laughs> um, you got the you got the the Ice Titan, the Water Titan versus the Earth Titan. Is that what we're up against here? Yes. Yep. Those are them. Oh man. Oh boy. It's tough to go first here. Um, oh God. I am gonna say. The ice Pokemon. I'm going Hydros because in Pokemon World, um, <laughs> ice defeats ice defeats the Earth Pokemon. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh, with whatever the hell his name was. Hydros. Hydros. Yeah, him. I'm going with Hydros. Literally just the word. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with Hydros. That's hey, Pokemon, right. That's... Don't lie. That's a fair breakdown yeah. there, Tim. I am also going to go Hydros. Wow. Because right. he can, I mean, it's oh, he can just erode the rock. He yeah. can shoot water jets and erode the rock, or just make a big glacier and crush the rock into little pebbles. Also, I was going, Tim is also a very big Pokemon fan, and he knows that. That yeah, I was, I was going the rock column. I'm not gonna lie. I, well, I mean, I feel that like every match wrong. You're new but to Pokemon, though. I so am you, new. I am new. Yeah, I mean, uh, so Hydros, folks, the Water Titan is the Titan of all Titans. You heard it here first. I don't know if we got that one right. <laughs> he said that now Hydros has have to enter the Nets Battle Royale. Which uh, we'll record. Hopefully. So let's move on, folks. Uh, Hercules in Disney parts. Uh, Tim, Bob, who wants to lead us through the very lackluster Hercules presence? Bob, if it, I, I, yeah, I, uh, he's the quick and dirty is it, it was a parade. He's parades. What do you want me to tell you? Hey, the parade's not bad. Not great. He's talking about the MGM, oh, MGM we, at the time, Hollywood we should, Studios. You should post the parade and let the Ohana decide if they think it's a great parade or not. But you gotta keep I, in mind, this was a time when they used to change out the parades every year for whatever movie came out. I mean, production value-wise, I think it's on par. It's fun. It's the Zero to Hero victory. It played in all the parks. Disneyland, yeah. Paris. There was one in Tokyo. Here. Yeah. All right. I mean, I'll ask. Do you guys think it's strange that for a movie, this movie was not a commercial success. It, it had minor critical success. It got a couple Emmy or um, Oscar nominations, but it... It wasn't a total flop either. And at the time when the parks were really 
rocking and rolling that this is all Hercules got? Is that strange to you? No, well, I think <laughs> I think about this. The, the parade before this at the studios was Toy Story. How long did it take for Toy Story to have a legitimate presence in the park? Yeah, I guess that's true. And and, and so you're Mulan, saying there's still a chance. There's a Mulan chance, and then in commercial sense, and it has nothing. Right, and Mulan, I would say, is much more highly regarded now than Hercules is. And it was then at the time. I I think I don't really know. I don't know no, the move yeah, on. I think it was. Part. I mean, to put it straight, because I had to look at it myself. Uh, Hercules was did significantly less dollars wise yeah. than Hunchback. Yeah. Well, Hunchback is certainly much, not well regarded. Much better film. The much better film, Hunchback. But yeah. as far as the 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 park's presence, Hunchback is persona non grata for whatever reason. No, it had that great show at the back lot for like fifteen years. It actually had a show. A right, show. but I'm saying nowadays it just doesn't exist. Like, you could find Hercules merchandise and basically that's every fair. gift. Well, that's fair. That's, well, you'd find Hades merchandise, really. Correct. you find villains <laughs> merchandise. He's a and a Pegasus, villain. a baby Pegasus, which I think I, one of my kids owns. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. So, uh, And the parade was fine, Drew. It was uh, yeah. kind of like a victory parade. It was whatever. Uh, they did feature a float in what I consider the best parade ever at the at Hollywood Studios, oh. the Disney Stars and Motor Cars Parade. It was awesome. It was pretty much character cars. So okay. Genie would be the Aladdin car. And, you know, uh, it just the, the, the big classic mm-hmm. Lincolns and whatever style of car you want to insert there were kind of driving down Hollywood and Sunset. It just it was a really cool thing. Yeah. Um, they're featured in the bubble montage in Phantasmic. Um, they are a go the distance is featured in happily ever after and Hercules and Meg silhouettes appear in the promotional material for harmonious. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned folks. Yes. Cause we're getting more. So Hercules to Tim's point does show up quite a bit more, even if it's under the radar compared right. to Hocus, to Hocus Pocus, to Hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in a very rare occasions, you can see meet and greet characters, right? Sometimes at the, the, the after hour parties, I believe also on the Phantasmic float uh, boat at the end. They uh, may it appear. depends on the day, depends on the day and which characters are available to oh, go on the boat. Uh, Hades is a perennial after hours event meet and greet character. Yeah. Yep. That's a good one too. And he's usually in the parades at Halloween time. Yes. Yes. So yeah, so, they're around. He's still the, the presence of Hercules is still in existence. But Drew, like you said, it's much more geared to Hades, which we've talked yes. about as being one of the great villains out of this decade of Disney movies. Agreed. That's fair. Um, all right. So before we wrap up, I have three questions I want to ask you guys about Hercules. In, in a way, what would be the perfect Hercules attraction? Tim, you want to go? Or you want to think about it for a minute? Yeah. No. I, I... I would go if you've ever been to Universal. There's this really—I don't even know if it's there anymore. Poseidon's really, Fury. Oh, it's there. Is it okay? You know exactly what I'm gonna say. There's That's this like, my innovative walkthrough attraction yeah. where you you are inside various stage sets that have like live actors and special effects it's and stuff. Amazing, what it is. Amazing. I I would do something like that based on the labors of Hercules, where you. I think the act of the guests walking in a group kind of really puts you in the experience, and it, it would be a similar thing where it happens all around you uh, with live actors. The best way I could describe it for a Disney fan is if you think of um, 
the story time with Bell, whatever the hell it's called. Um, story time with Bell. That's that literally what's called. Enchanted Tales of Bell. Oh, Enchanted Tales, Tales of Bell. Yes, yes. Think of that, but more of an action adventure. Um, right. It, 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 but that's the concept where you're walking from room to room and there's live actors involved a little bit. But it, it's much more on a bigger scale where yeah. the part of Silence Fury takes place in a warehouse where you're walking over, you know, drawn bridges and the, there's waterfalls and it's funnel made out of water. So I yeah. mean, you it's very similar to that experience, but a little higher budget and modernized with some like yeah. projection mapping and. You know, more because there, there's a lot of lasers in that, if I remember correctly. <laughs> but I would I could definitely see that either like Phil or even Hercules himself is your tour guide and, oh, and you're going to Mount Olympus or something. Yep. Where would you guys put this? Uh, I, I, I don't know, Bob. I, I would I would probably put this in Epcot somehow. I'd put it where Lightning McQueen's thing is over there. That's Ooh, that's a good. That's a good spot because you got a lot of development land behind mm. that and not a lot going on. That's not that's a bad direction. Just is where I would go. But what about you? Yeah, I'm building a Greece pavilion in Epcot. <sighs> yeah, I'm all for more. For and I'm more putting it right in, where in the... that World Show place is, like Millennium Village between the UK and Germany. Uh, no, yep. the UK and Canada. And that's I'm just... getting an indoor flume ride. Sounds amazing. Fully indoor flume ride. Think. Um, is that exist? Yes. Yeah, so I want to say it's similar to. Uh, over at Bush Gardens, they do like that escape from Pompeii, and it's kind of like you go through ancient Rome. So it's similar to that. It'll be the wider boats. It won't be necessarily a log flume. It would be like the wider, like the Jurassic Park boat boats. Yeah, like Jurassic Park. Yep, very similar to Jurassic Park. Uh, it will lead to the Battle of the Titans and you falling down the hill into the underworld and oh, having a oh. massive set piece with Hades and Hercules trying to save you. I, it, you wouldn't be Megan this instance, but that's kind of the concept of it. And I'm all uh, in for this thing in, in a Greece pavilion, which I think we've talked about what pavilions we'd add. I, the Mediterranean, I think me, I think Greece as a pavilion would be a lot of fun. Yeah, that would be, wow. that would be nice. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. I'm all in on that. Uh Question number two, uh, Bobby Doe first here. What would a Hercules dining experience look like? I'm going back to across from Poseidon's Fury and going to Mythos over at Islands of Adventure. Oh, the the best the best theme park dining experience yeah, in the country, right. according that's to theme correct. park info. <laughs> yeah, that's the really? one. Is that what they say? Because I mean, it's already it's already there. I mean, so just take that and move it over. I would no, go. they've had a banner that said that for many many. They were rated that at one point, yeah. and, and they've uh, they've they've hung in their hat on that reputation for. About 15 years. Yeah, I think it's been at least sure. 12 years since they've been the best theme park dining experience. Wouldn't you? I'd hang them. Yeah, no, I'd hang. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, according, to, I'm, I'm, according to Fodders in 1985, we were the best experience you could have east of the Mississippi. What? Uh, um, I'm, I'm thinking on the lines of think of a T-Rex or Rainforest Cafe, but really a separation of, of maybe two or yeah. three rooms. No, no kidding. No, listen, uh-huh. you're going to have Mount Olympus in one room where it's up in the clouds, nice so golden mythos, pretty much mythos, but And then you're going to have the underworld with the blue flames and Hades and the fates and the pot. It is T-Rex. The whole thing's going to be shaped like a like a, a mountain, you know? You know what? You guys just don't understand the appreciation that went into T-Rex, okay? There needs to be more of it. And this is the opportunity to do it. Tim, what's your masterpiece? All right. I feel like mine might be viewed as a cop-out, but basically, 
quick service at the Magic Kingdom. It's nobody's favorite. It's bad, folks. It's bad. Uh, we're going to get a, in Fantasyland, a Hercules-themed spot that sells shawarma and falafel. We're just wholesale ripping off the menu from the new shawarma and falafel place at Avengers Campus, transplanting in the Magic Kingdom, slapping some Hercules branding on it, and that way I don't have to eat the same bad veggie burger every time I'm in the Magic Kingdom because the quick service there, folks, it's bad. I just think we should use the space in Space 220 and just put a Hercules restaurant there. That's fair. Bob, it's got to open. Uh, yeah. Yep. Take the elevator to the top, top of Mount Olympus. There you go. All right, guys. My final question to leave all of you and, and you listeners to play along with this one. Should the franchise, it's not really a franchise, but the franchise of Hercules be revisited and, and some may say it is with the live action, but should it be revisited for, for merchandise, media? Should it be considered for parts? Um, or should this be a franchise that it had its time? Let's move on. Tim? No. I, as much as I have a soft spot for this movie, uh, they're doing so much brilliant stuff now. All, all the stuff they're making is great. It, it, it hits the cultural zeitgeist. Kids love it. Adults love it. All that stuff. No. It, we could put Hades in the, the After Hours events. We can reference a couple of the songs, but we, we don't need to revisit it. We probably don't really need the live action because, let's be honest, it's not going to have any of the casts that we came up with. And <laughs> so you're happy with the presence of Hercules as it is today? Yeah. It's a fine correct. animated film, but it, it, it's nothing spectacular. Right. Bob, same question. I mean, so I, I really wanted when they quit the great movie ride business because of the licensing with MGM and, and whoever else, Turner movies and whoever it was, and they didn't want it too expensive. I really wanted them to do a great Disney movie ride. And I wanted them to bring in as many animated features as they could. And you would kind of go through them. I don't think you need a standalone land. I don't think you need a standalone attraction. Do we need another movie? No, I, I don't think there's been a really great Hercules movie since this one. I think anything that's really come out since has been mediocre. I think there's only Tyler Taylor Kitsch, I think, in it. and Or maybe that was Tarzan. I don't know. <laughs> they all look the same. They're not good movies. Um, and like Tim said, we're not getting the casts that we put here, except for The Miz, maybe. But, um, I mean, other than that, I don't know that it needs anything more than what it has. I think it's a solid movie. And maybe some merch, but yeah. you know, on anniversaries for the film. But I don't think there's anything more than that. Yeah, no, I think I think that's that's a fair point. Um, its present is there if you look for it, right? I'm sure you can find a pin or two, plenty of Hades merch. Um, you know, it's in it's, it makes its presence, like you said, in the media and video games and stuff like that as it's well. It's a really so. nice uh, obsolete Magic bands available too. There, there are, there are. Or you need a nice Hades uh, spirit jersey, right? But I know you're a fan. Uh, <laughs> I hate spirit jerseys. <laughs> well, folks, uh, we hope you enjoyed going the distance with us uh, uh, as we we talked about Hercules. And let us know if you like this style of episodes. There is a uh, there, there's millions of movies out there that we could cover and do the same type of concept. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, uh, like we said earlier, join us over in Discord if you have not. Um, but guys, any last final words on Hercules? No, man, just go the distance. Go the distance. That's it. I will I'm find my way. I'm because I forgot this was an audio podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I will right, find my way, Drew. I will go the distance. That's it. 
Uh, head over to Discord, join there so we can uh, hear your thoughts and opinions. It'll be a lot of fun. And remember to go over to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating review. It really helps us. But that is going to wrap up this week's episode of Disney's Hercules. And as always, guys, thank you so, 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 so much uh, for listening to The Disney Guys on Censored. Zero.